me and my man TC live from the DMZ. TC, how are we doing today? Anyang Hesung, right. Cody. And also with you. Uh, we're here, uh, we're waiting for the Super Viking to open up behind me. Uh, I was not expecting to see a, a, such a full-fledged amusement park here. We're just outside the DMZ. We are. Currently, just to give the listeners and everybody situational awareness of where we're at, we're at the Welcome Center for the DMZ, where all the buses you see behind us, buses on buses and buses of tourists full of people just like us, all passport. We're media. People. We're not tourists. We're media. Do we have a little issue with passports this morning? We did. We did. We'll leave that to the video. Okay, though. we'll leave it to the. Sally, video. Will, you sh- will you show the folks where we are? Just behind here, the Freedom Bridge. Beautiful, beautiful bridge built by the proud people of South Korea. Why? Basically, when the re- the reunification of the country eventually happens, we get Lil Kimmy out of there. Uh, they are gonna put a train over that bridge, and that'll be the main connection between the two countries. Big Little Kimmy's a big train guy, I think, right? I think that's like how he travels around the country. Armored train everywhere. I've invited little Kimmy to meet us in the DMZ uh, in the J- at the JSA uh, or the Dora the Explorer uh, <laughs> Observatory over there, and uh, we'll see if he takes us up on it. I, don't, I think he's I think he's gonna flake on us. All right. So initial report coming to you live from the Welcome Center at the DMZ. We'll be back with more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy. He's back. He's back, folks. He had been in Korea. Mr. Tron Carter, my associate, back today for a chop session. TC, how are we doing? Big. I'm great. Just got back from Jersey Mike's. Place was a madhouse. Got my my Mm. signature number 13. Uh, You're back, too. You were in New Orleans. Yeah, some personal travel for me. I, I got to know, do you get it Mike's way? I do. I get it Mike's way, and then I add pickles uh, and mayo as well. Do you get it Mike's way? Okay. I do. I, I enjoy getting it Mike's way. And I, I will add pickles. Depending on the sandwich, I will add pickles. Sometimes the hot relish even. Okay. We're really feeling it. We uh, uh, Jersey Mike's. This is not an, an ad. Jersey no. Mike's is delicious, though. So. Like I would buy a franchise. Like, it's that good. <laughs> I love it. Like there was one right down the street from us growing yeah. up. Uh, one time, my dad, my dad loves Jersey Mike's probably more than Neil and I combined, even which I didn't even know was possible. One time, we went to the the Braves game and we picked up uh, we picked up some Jersey Mike's on the way, and uh, my dad was was vehemently said, you know, don't put banana peppers on my sub. And uh, we put banana peppers on his sub. We forgot and we put banana peppers on his sub. (laughs) We had to stop on the way home on Georgia 400 and he ran into the woods. It was that bad. Oh, God. Oh, poor franchise. We will have to get the franchise back on sometime just to talk about life. Um, Franchise is coming down for the NIT next week. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Very good. It'll be floating around down Um, here. 
We have a uh, a robust, one of the more robust agendas of, of this or any time. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since you and I last chatted. Lots going on in the world, TC. Let me start. Let, let's let's do a, a, a real ad, and um, that is our friends at Whoop. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach, an official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA tours. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better, and now feel healthier with Whoop and their all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. The device also features the new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. And it was designed with their Anywhere technology so you can wear it in their Whoop body sensor enhanced technical garments. Uh, I want to give a shout out to DJ. I think he has picked up on Neil's Whoop 10.0 or greater training and has been uh, really doing that, I I think, a lot recently. So shout out to DJ. For any Whoop people, uh, or if, if you have a Whoop, or if you don't have a Whoop, the all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. And for any members, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code NLU15 at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, enter NLU15 at checkout to save 15%. We thank them for being a great sponsor of the Trap Draw. Um, the, the Whoop did not like uh, the the 16-hour flight and the accompanying jet lag. It oh, was, I can only imagine. Based on the readouts, I thought I thought it was it was telling me that I was going to die. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tron, this is things are not good, Tron. Yeah, how was? Let's start there. You know, a little housekeeping. How was? How was Korea? Your first time over there. Yeah, uh, first time to Asia in general. I'd never been before. Uh, I loved it. It was fantastic. Uh, such an interesting place. We we flew from uh, Jax to Atlanta, met Cody in Atlanta, and then went. Uh, we had a midnight flight to Seoul. We got on the flight. Cody was was not aware that it was a sixteen hour <laughs> flight. I think it's it's added Which a little bit of me. time. Yeah, yeah. As a guy who's flown all over the world, how did he not realize that? I, th- I think all of his travel though has gone east. Like he's gone through Germany and then mm. refueled, connected, all that stuff. He's he's always gone east. He said so. Um, the uh, the the Russian airspace being closed has has certainly added some time to the journey as well. Um, you've got to you, know, you fly up like almost like north of Alaska and then you start coming almost straight south and then take a hard right turn west over Japan uh you know into Korea there so kind of um kind of a convoluted flight path especially from Atlanta but uh yeah we had um god delta was it was great randy it was fantastic <laughs> of course uh, i would it, expect nothing different uh i've made i've made platinum for the year now Congratulations! Um, thank you, thank you. Or really, for next year. Uh, I I hope I don't have any more flights this year. Um, the uh, the in flight entertainment. I watched Searching for Sugar Man, which uh, yeah, the music doc, right? Yeah, yeah. It came highly recommended. I guess Cody watched it with a detainee, 
in Afghanistan <laughs> at one point, and then uh, uh, DJ had recommended it as well. It was excellent. Uh, I started Nomad. I started Nomadland, but fell asleep. No, no, no fault of Nomadland. I drank a bunch of wine when I got on the flight, trying to trying to fall asleep. Um, I watched Super Pumped, the Uber doc. You know, some of our our Miami of Ohio peers are heavily involved in that yeah. one. Um, gosh, what else? The the uh, it's wild. You it's sixteen hours and it's dark the entire time. So that's crazy. So you take off and you take off, it's midnight and then it just stays dark and you, and you land in Seoul at 5am and, uh, Incheon airport's unbelievable, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's like super disconcerting. Uh, I was, I was on the lookout for the Northern lights, did not see any, mm. gosh, what else? The breakfast that they served before, uh, landing was the best airplane meal I've ever had. Uh, the Wait, Koreans seemingly it? do, it was like a bibimbap, uh, thing. The Koreans seemingly do, uh, all, or, or you know what? No, it was a, it was like a meatballs with mushrooms and lentils, kimchi, rice, asparagus, mango, kiwi, pomegranate seed salad. It was excellent. Randy. Was Solly uh, freaking out? That sounds like something he would not touch. Really the, the entire, the entire trip, Solly, Solly put himself out there as far as he doesn't like kimchi, but he tried pretty much everything else in the trip. Um, the Koreans evidently love, uh, eating like real food for breakfast, which I'm a huge fan of, like not just like a bunch of eggs and, you know, mm. cereal and stuff like that. Like they like, you know, eating, like I had, we stayed at a really nice hotel, downtown Seoul and Gangnam. I had, um, uh, I had four entrees for breakfast one morning. I had some, I, I had two servings <laughs> of this abalone porridge that was just excellent. I had two orders of bibimbap, and then they had this crazy buffet. It was, it was awesome. So did, the food the entire you, trip was just crazy. A little bit of a house divided here because I love breakfast foods. It's honestly, it's my favorite meal, really anytime. Did you get down when we were in Sweden? They they would put out like the smorgasbord with. It essentially looked like a, a deli setup for lunch. Did, did yeah. I mean? Did you like that? Because I don't. I don't mess with that. I, I, I'm yeah, not a huge fan of that. Yeah, there was all sorts of cheeses and charcuterie and uh, you know pastries of sorts um, that I went nuts on. Uh, they had good co the coffee culture over there is excellent. Um, but I, I like I just like it when there's like actual meat and protein and veggies instead of just a bunch of starch and eggs. I guess is what I'm saying. So I like a well-balanced breakfast. I like when they have like roasted mushrooms or, you know, some, some sort of like rice dish or bibimbap. Like that, that was excellent. It just, it was a good way to start the day. I need some, you know, I like grains. I like, um, I like warm food. That's not eggs. I like, I like eggs as a compliment, not as a main dish. If that makes that's sense. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. So. That's fair. What, what was the temperature like in regards to uh, little Kimmy? They don't even pay any attention to it. It's crazy. Like we got there and they, I will say they abused the hell out of emergency alerts. Like, uh, those, you know, yellow <laughs> exclamation points you get on your, on your phone. Yeah. Every morning they send one out at like nine having to do with, uh, you know, COVID numbers. Uh, it was masks everywhere. They're indoors. They're still kind of, you know, coming out of COVID. Um, Gosh, we almost didn't even make the flights. Like the Delta, I will say the Delta app 
was not very forthcoming as far as knowing we needed a visa. Like we had filled out all this stuff for this Q code and all this stuff, but the the visa we were able to get it done very very quickly while we were at the airport. But it it did not uh, did not you know engender a bunch of confidence in the Delta Fly Ready portion Damn. of the app. But um, as far as the temperature with Lil Kimmy. Obviously, he's bucking his head. He's looking for some attention right now. That's why they sent yep. me up to up to the DMZ there. Um, well, like they don't they don't really pay any attention to it. So, so the first couple of times those like emergency alerts came out, we're like, oh shit, like what's going on? Like uh, <laughs> under attack. And then it was like, by the end of the week, like you just kind of forget that they're up there. It's uh, yeah, and it's like there's not a whole lot of animosity towards the. There's like sympathy and empathy towards the north korean people it's just little kimmy you know so sure because they're yeah, you know sure, they're, they're sure. like they're the same ethnicity they're the same like there's no like divisions among religion or you know tribal sex it's literally like just geography right um but i mean it, it's super wild like peering into uh the dmz is interesting there's an amusement park up there it's just an interesting place in that like you're you're peering across the border there in these binoculars and you're looking at you know, like towns where nobody knows the outside world. It really is fascinating when when you yeah. stop to think about it. And it's uh, the mountains it, up there are much taller than you would think. Like the highest mountains in Korea are uh, are right up there. It's a very rocky country. Um, and then yeah, just learning like there's these tunnels that they dug. They were trying to dig them all the way to Seoul, and uh, there was a defector that uh, defected from North Korea. Gave him a heads up, told him there was like 20, 25 of these tunnels. And they found, they, they couldn't find them at first. And they found them, I think it was like late, mid to late 70s. And uh, found them, plugged them up, found like five of them. And so we went down in one of those. Yeah, just, I don't know, super interesting. Uh, the people there, very, uh, Seoul is so big, man. It is like, it makes New York feel small. Uh, it's, it's like incredible. if you're driving down the, FDR or the or the West Side Highway, and uh, you know you're you've got uh, like twelve Manhattans. I mean, it's <laughs> we're up to the top of the, the uh, Lotte Tower, which is like the sixth tallest building in the world. Went up to the observation deck there, and like for fifty miles out to Incheon, it's just nothing but like these sixty, seventy, eighty story apartment buildings. And I mean, there's thirty five million people that live kind of in the in the surrounding area there. It's just. It's like city as far as you can see, just density. But but it's super green. Uh, it, it's really really everybody follows the law. Nobody speeds. Nobody. It's like very yeah. Kind of like a surveillance state as well. Uh, they don't have Google Maps, which is crazy. They kind of throw us off. They've got this thing called Naver. But yeah, a lot of green space. It's all along the river. A uh, ton of parks. The the South Koreans they love to hike. Uh, hmm. It's big hiking, big outdoors culture. But yeah, ton of parks, ton of like in relatively like in the city as well. A lot of the the best land in the city is set aside for parks along the river and you know up on the mountains as well. Uh, Seoul's very very hilly. Uh, we stayed in Gangnam, which is kind of like the very materialistic, plastic surgery, shopping, finance capital of uh, Seoul. And then you know you've got kind of it's a very big city, so you got all these distinct. It's like Scotland, where like. You know, you tell somebody going to Scotland, like, don't don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't go to more than, like, two regions on a trip. Like, don't go to more than, like, two neighborhoods on a trip to Seoul. Uh, the, um, gosh, like, the 
billboards and all the like the electronic screens and everything like you see lady golfers like pxg ads malbon ads uh you know titleist footjoy callaway like it's crazy it's like at the forefront it was uh we were trying to go to a playoff baseball game we couldn't get tickets like the the resale thing sweet Uh, yeah the the uh, resale thing is is weird like you have to be like the tickets have to be in your name and i don't know it was very like they're very they're very formal when it comes to like legality stuff so like ticket brokerages and resale market on tickets like the concierge was like no i cannot help you with this this is like illegal (laughs) crazy Um, uh god you would have been so put off by the bat flips in the korean baseball league yeah me and me and tony larusa i know i know you just want to see people play the game the right way yeah but but big the the big story was uh was the food i ate so much beef i think i ate an entire cow and maybe half a pig. Uh, I mean, just like, every night we went out and got, you know, Korean beef and, and oh my God, they just, they, I love their food and they have so many little condiments and, and sauces and, you know, pickled vegetables, just so many different layers and textures. Yeah. There's, uh, and then like we got fried chicken one night at this really, really like, like gangster fried chicken place. They had these fried stuffed peppers too just fried chicken and beer so good uh and then and then we we went out east to the golf tournament and uh that was felt like i was and how were you traveling at that point by car train by car yeah we had a seven we had a seven series uh bmw that they gave us cody was driving of course international driver's license uh there's speed cameras everywhere ton of tunnels infrastructure was crazy impressive it you know you're like 40 kilometers away from something though and it takes two hours to get there just because the speed limits are so low and but it's like that's the way that the country works it's so dense and you know heavily populated that you kind of have to have everybody rowing in the same direction but uh but yeah so we so so we went out there but kind of felt like we were at like a resort in like western north carolina uh like appalachia it was kind of like the same style of mountains and and stuff the hilliest and, golf and that's course what I've it, ever seen an event on. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it looked like on TV. I, I was able to watch a little of the uh, the Golf Channel coverage. You're exactly right. Like you could have plopped, taken it, plopped it down somewhere around the Appalachian Mountains. It looked like in the yeah. in the eastern U.S. Uh, we went to Hugo Kim's father's uh, restaurant or family restaurant. They had this, this whole compound with golf simulators and a bakery and a coffee shop. <laughs> Although none of the coffee shops there open till like ten or eleven a.m. That's a disgrace. Crazy. That's a disgrace. Um, gosh, we went out with James O one night. We went and got uh, really, really good meat with him. We went to the Shaky Bridge. Like all this will be in our video. We went to the Shaky Bridge. It was very shaky, very scary. <laughs> uh, aptly, aptly named. Yeah, uh, we went to this place, Whistling Rock. Like all these, all the conglomerates. There's like nine companies in in uh, in uh, South Korea. You know, Hyundai. You know, Hyundai, CJ, or I guess CJ's with Samsung, L- LG, Lotte, all those. Um, but we went to one of the clubs that that one of them owns. Um, very, very interesting culture. Everybody's extremely polite. Ex- they, you know, everybody, a lot of people speak relatively good English. They like Americans. Um, it's a very materialistic culture, like materialistic, almost bordering on like narcissism, like very uh, flashy, very fashion forward mm. and just a very interesting culture in that they're 
you know, they were kind of, they've kind of grown at hype at like hyperspeed over the last 30, 40 years. Like they're, they're still a relatively nascent economy, but they're like seat at the big table. Plus they're growing faster than everybody still. Uh, and it, it's, it's a really pretty remarkable place. So I, I felt like it was, I've never been to Tokyo, but I felt, I feel like it's probably a, it's like diet Tokyo or diet Japan, like a very, you know, but still like very patriarchal formal culture. Yeah. Um, I think some of that comes down to, you know, the laws and everything as well. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. And then Incheon airport was just crazy good, man. It, it made, uh, the Oslo airport look, look quaint. What are we going to do about our lack of like the, the entire world just has like cooler, nicer stuff than we do TC. Uh, you know what? I got a DM from somebody yesterday. Um, a friend of the program, AZ he said, uh, and he's going to give us this info via email and everything, but he said there's, there's some massive, massive infrastructure projects coming uh, as far as U.S. airports are concerned oh, over the next God. 18 months. God, we so, need it. We need uh, it. And then, yeah, I just, you know, more shout out. Like, Delta was great. We, we had the Delta One seats. It's wider than the United Polaris seats. The in-flight entertainment, deep, deep catalog. The breadth and depth is great. <laughs> Uh, the Wi-Fi interface still stinks. Like we were on the A three fifty, but yeah, like like a lot of like fun classic movies, like Reds and um, you know, The Godfather was on there. I didn't watch it. I thought about watching it. <laughs> yeah, um, don't watch it. But uh, par- like I watched Parasite on there. Uh, they very lacking as far as the documentaries go. Though mm. not a whole lot of documentaries to uh, be found. So anyway, great trip, great trip overall. How was how was New Orleans? I've never, uh, I've still never been, and I'm keen. <laughs> uh, New Orleans is great. Uh, probably, you know, a lot like Seoul, I'm sure. We caught a great weather weekend. Uh, we stayed at, shout out Mr. Goodly Cooks, uh, former Trap Draw guest. We stayed at the Ace Hotel, which was, which was great. Very hip, um, upbeat type of place. Rooms were, were very cool. Um, Who'd you go with? Good bar? Yeah, my brother-in-law, Good Bar, and my sister. So okay. the the three of us, they flew down from Cincinnati and I met him in New Orleans. And so yeah, the the first night we they got in a little late on Friday and so we just grabbed a quick bite and just hung kind of close to the hotel area. And then on Saturday was our day we um Good bar had to get to Harris to place a couple bets, which he like won every bet that weekend. Uh, but FC Cincinnati was playing their first playoff game, so we found a, a bar to watch that. It was on uh, Univision, so it was only a Spanish broadcast, which was kind of funny. Uh, we were in this bar with like one little TV on uh, on the soccer game, and then you know, all the rest of the bar was watching college football, but it was kind of fun. Cause there, it, a lot of Cincinnati folks, a lot of Bengals fans were in new Orleans. And so, uh, you know, FC is kind of a, a point of pride in Cincinnati. So, you know, we, we linked up with probably, I don't know, a dozen Cincinnati folks and we were watching the soccer game. That was early Saturday. We cruised bourbon street, Hit up uh, Pat O'Brien's, sat in the piano bar a little bit. Good bar got a hurricane, did did some real touristy stuff Saturday. And then that night we had a 
a reservation at Herb Saint. I don't, I don't know okay. if I'm. It might be a little different pronunciation, but a nice James Beard restaurant. Look at you, big. I know. Again, came highly recommended from uh, from Mr. Goodly Cook. So that was like our one nice nice meal Saturday, and then Saturday night we actually we were asking people. Because Bourbon Street is, I mean, it's shitty. And I was trying to remember if it's always been this shitty or if I'm just getting older. It's probably a combination of both. But it just like, just seemed extra gross. And uh, so we were like, well, if we don't want to like hang out in the tourist trap of Bourbon Street, where should we go? And people, a couple people sent us down to Frenchman Street, which I think is a little, it's a little less touristy, a little bit more of, a local spot, a lot of live music venues, and uh, yeah, we just we went to like three or four places, listened to some music, had some drinks. It was it was a New Orleans night for us, and then Sunday, of course, was the Bengals game. So we went to a tailgate. We went to the Superdome. I was shocked. I was expecting the Superdome to be really tired and run down and just like not nice. And it exceeded my expectations. It was it was clean. The seats were good. Um, it's a little tricky navigating some of the ramps and concession stands and whatnot. But mm-hmm. loudest stadium I've ever been in. Was super impressed with the atmosphere and the Saints fans. And yeah, the the Superdome was like, damn, this is this is a great place to watch a football game. Saw the Bengals, you know, pulled out a victory, which was cool. Everybody was in high spirits. And then Sunday after the game, we just went and got like a very typical New Orleans meal, gumbo and po'boys. And I think we were, oh, the Bills-Chiefs game was on, so we were watching that football game. And, uh, yeah, then we flew out Monday. It was was a nice little— How was the airport? How was Louis Armstrong? it's, It's really nice. I think they've really done some work on it. And you can tell there's a lot of construction going on around the outside and um, Mm -hmm. some traffic stuff. But on the inside, it was phenomenal. Clean, tons of fun restaurants, a lot of local flavor, uh, live music, which was cool. I I was impressed with Louis Armstrong. Oh, last thing to shout out too. Found such a fun little uh, bookstore just off of Bourbon Street called uh, Faulkner House Books. I guess it was the site of where William Faulkner wrote uh, one of his novels. Uh, just this small little bookstore. The the woman working at the manager was so helpful and informed, and uh, I ended up buying like four books. So <laughs> came Sick. came home with a bunch of reading materials. But yeah, it was it was a really fun trip to New Orleans. TC, I think you got to put New Orleans on your like your must do list for for twenty twenty three. I I agree. I agree. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get it in in the front half of the year too yeah you know avoid the mardi gras time yeah frame, you don't want to go just, when it's just, like super crazy no i want to pick like a really really normal weekend and just go for like yeah. thursday to sunday yeah you know i think you would um, absolutely love it it's um the energy there i it's the people are what make the city it's a obviously yeah. a very diverse city which is cool but i just leave every time thinking like everybody who lives there they just they are so optimistic and fun, and everybody likes like to party. Like they live party. there, like they're com- <laughs> they're committed. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and they just I don't know. They're a lot of fun. So yeah, we'll be keen to get your thoughts when you get over there. All right. Uh, 
One other thing. I just got called Delta out. The wine selection was fucking terrible. Ugh. They need like, who's their in-house psalm? What are they doing? I don't think they have one. It's bad, man. Like really limited offerings. They had a white, they had a red, or maybe two reds and a white. It was just it was bad. Mm. It was not good. And then obviously the the sky clubs are completely overrun. Of course, still. of course, of course. So well, speaking of not good, what can you tell us about THG? Our, our oh, dear friend gosh. THG, the hung ghost. Uh, and his new bride, the Hung Ghostess, they're having all kinds of trouble getting on their honeymoon. They got married last weekend. Uh, unfortunately, both of us were were had prior commitments. I I, I bought him some flatware from uh, I believe Pottery Barn. Oh, nice from their registry. Uh, I, I sent them some money for their travel fund. So the uh, so they are currently on their honeymoon. They got there a day late because. Uh, which, you know, I don't have a problem with American move their flight. I guess it was initially like an 830 flight. He bought it way out far in advance, which I don't typically do. <laughs> they moved it to like 6 o'clock or 630. And, the, you know, 6 a.m. or 630 on a Monday morning. So they get to the airport over two hours early, like two hours and 20 minutes early. Um, and there's a line, a massive line. A security line or a check-in line? Check-in line. Mm -hmm. And they're on a they're flying to Miami and then onward to the the Dominican Republic, and uh, you know, just not good. Uh, so they they weren't even checking bags. They just had to they couldn't check in on the app because they had to show their passports. That sucks. Yeah. So they end up missing the flight. Didn't even get to security. Um, which you know I have I've had a similar experience in Austin with American. Uh, you know, and it's American trying to trying to stick their necks out, go into these cities, take a little bit of market share from a Delta or United, you know, go into a Raleigh or a, you know, uh, a New York or a Cincinnati or a Nashville, try to try to steal some market share. They don't have the resources for it. It's bad, Randy. Well, I can't believe they couldn't show their pass or like they couldn't load the passport on some type of app. I guess not. Ugh. Just maddening. maddening. So then they can't get out. They had to they had to fly out that evening to Miami, spend the night in Miami, and then go to uh the uh, DR the next day. Now now you took this to Twitter. What 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 was the reaction you were getting from I had some people, some ignorant, ignorant people saying that CVG is an elite airport. <laughs> I, I think, you know, CVG is probably an elite airport if if you're flying Delta. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, I was impressed with it when I flew through there. Your friend Dave said it's it's more of a VC fund with an airport attached <laughs> yeah. to it. Sent us an article about that, but uh, yeah, just you know, some stuff, some some pointing fingers at THG, calling it user mm. error, stuff like that. THG flies a lot, just doesn't fly a lot with with uh, AA, you know. Yeah, yeah. So well, well anyway, and the people. We should tell the people that the commish was at the THG wedding. People reported to us that he seemed to be in the highest of spirits, which was, you know, good to hear, hard to hear, but good to hear. Yeah. Um, doing well, doing well out in, out in Arizona. You know, he was, he was, uh, he was mingling with, with some ladies, some people of the opposite sex at the wedding the next day after the wedding as well. Uh, so I'm glad he's thriving. 
you know, selfishly, I wish he was thriving with us. I know. I'm glad he's thriving. And it sounds like soon to be in another year or so, he's going to be the Dr. Kamish, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right, TC. Uh, we have one of the larger agendas we've ever put together. Uh, which, and we're not going to talk about any sports. No sports. Today. We'll do sports next week. Just anything sports related. Um, you know, a lot, and just a lot of stuff to cover that we're monitoring, but we're not going to get into. Right. So. Just some let me let me let me just a couple quick hitters here. This poker cheating scandal, I, we're still we we don't have a clear answer what was going on with this woman. Uh, they did find that a dealer stole some poker chips. He's been dealt with, uh, but but no pun intended. Yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any resolution there. Uh, apparently, Adam Neiman is suing Magnus Carlson, and maybe. A bunch of other people for a lot of money will be curious where those lawsuits go. Um, you brought big. I'm also tracking. Yeah. I'm tracking a situation within the Irish dancing community mm. uh, of major allegations flying around of competition fixing. There's also a lot going on in USA curling. They're they're uh, embroiled in two massive controversies. I haven't caught up yet. The from the hack podcast, I guess, is the go to for that. Okay, so I need to catch up on that. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to say, too, speaking of lawsuits, you, you brought to my attention that some guy sued Texas Pete after learning the hot sauce is not actually made in Texas. Um, we we don't know, I guess, or maybe we do know. This is not Cody. Cody is not the, the, the <laughs> plaintiff here. Is that is that correct? I believe that's correct. We'll, we will get his take on it in a future app when he comes back on. Uh, it turns out that, that the hot sauce is actually made in North Carolina. Hmm. So mm. Cody's probably got a pretty unique perspective on this. Okay. All right. Uh, Neil has checked in a couple times. He's irate about the Whole Foods Prime membership scam that they're running. Our, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with Neil. He, you know, you buy like two hundred dollars <laughs> worth of groceries and you get seven cents off or something. <laughs> and they and they've collected all your data. and they got everything, everything. Uh, but I did. This is going to get tougher for Neil because <laughs> it there's is. enough Columbia University related news that we're TC. It's its own. It's its own section now. We we have yeah, Neil. Neil was he was pulled aside by the AD of at Columbia, who I guess is a trap to our listener. Of course, of um, course. You know, so we appreciate his loyalty. But he said, "Hey, you know, Neil, you got to get your guys to lay off of us here. Uh, you know, we're not bad guys up here." They're being really tough on Columbia and Randy. As these next four bullet points, you know, offer up, it's it's not hard to be tough on Columbia right now. I sometimes I worry if we're not hard enough on Columbia. Uh, take for instance, the university. There was just a lawsuit settled for 165 million dollars across 147 victims that this uh, doctor was sexually assaulting people. Robert Haddon, a gynecologist, uh, and this was going on at university-related hospitals. That's not good, TC. We don't like that. Bad. Uh, and then this this Olivia, at uh, IUD princess. <laughs> on Twitter. Tweeted that a yeah. freshman, yeah, that a freshman uh, clapped at a Pulitzer-winning <laughs> professor with a, can I finish? in class <laughs> what is going on these entitled freshmen uh, uh fucking ivy league man oh my god um 
What can you tell me about this preschool? Columbia is evicting this preschool that's been in some building for 50 years. I mean, I, I think the yeah. natural question, where does Columbia stand on kids? Do they Are they against kids? Do they hate kids? I, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, this one, this one I was just searching, just doing doing my my duties searching uh, Google news and, and, you know, kind of scouring the internet for other negative stories around Columbia and, and uh, NBC, New York channel four, I believe uh, was covering this one. Columbia's, you know, of course, over the last decade plus has evicted a bunch of different people on the upper West side uh, in Harlem area and all that, you know, there's kind of two, two sides of the story there, but uh, right now they're evicting this preschool of 50 years, uh, which, you know, I tweeted it out. Jerry, Jerry Bell, Neil's, Neil's buddy, Che said, uh, quote, you know, why, why are 50 year olds in a preschool? <laughs> well, that, uh, I mean, that's a good question. Um, but, but no, I, I mean, I think this place is like an institution and, you know, Columbia just the, you know, big, bad Columbia, um, just can't, can't stop stepping in it. Mm. Right. Mm. And to make matters worse, CC. Columbia lost their homecoming football game last weekend to to Dartmouth, the Big Green. They mm. they, they fall to three and three. Al Bags he needs to step it up. Well, and I see that the current Columbia quarterback is a guy named Caden Bell. Would that would that be any relation to Jerry? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think okay. So uh, um, he did throw twenty three times for only one hundred and two yards. So I do have some concerns about the the Columbia offense, the efficiency of it. <laughs> But maybe it sounds like some uh, Justin Fields <laughs> yeah, type maybe stuff. Maybe we can explore that in another episode. Um, so yeah, Columbia. Listen, tough. It's tough right now, and I think Neil 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 has owned most of it. I wouldn't say he's he's owned all of it. Um, we might have to get him back on at some point just to just to speak to this because it's unacceptable. It really is big. The big. I think the biggest news over the last month. People have just, you know, they've been clamoring. It just hasn't fit into our schedule. We haven't had enough time to really dig in. We finally had the time. Uh, but people have been asking us left and right, like, sirs, what, what is going on with this Kroger-Albertsons oh. merger, takeover, all sorts of, you know, different things that you could call it. Randy, what can you tell me? But, TC, I want to say in the most clear terms possible, I, I vehemently, vehemently condemn this merger I, I don't like it i think it stinks everything i've read you know the the consumers is who's going to lose in the end forget about the efficiencies and you know we're going to do this and it's it's bullshit tc this is this is not good for the consumer you know i stand with the consumer with the little guy always and so i i don't know it's you know if this goes through I'm really going to have to rethink some things about my relationship with Kroger. That's big of you. I think, uh, you know, they're doing this under the guise of, of competing with Amazon and Walmart, but there's just seems to be some funky stuff going on here where, uh, you know, there's a $4 billion pre merger payout to the private equity investors. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Apollo capital. <laughs> Cerberus of capital course, those are my Think, guys. Things of yes, that nature. Yes. Um, so basically, they're going to bleed Albertsons dry even before you know. Let's say this thing doesn't go through, they're still going to uh, toss this four billion dollars to their private equity partners, which is basically their operating capital, right? Mm. I uh, 
And, you know, and then, you know, let's say this thing falls through or it, it doesn't get approved. You know, Albertson's maybe fucked anyway. And then Kroger screws him up for 30 cents in the dollar in 18 months, you yeah. know? I, I, so, I call on the regulators in D.C. Don't let this go through. We we need the FTC. We 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 have to. At some point, we have to draw the line. I, I think competition, smaller stores, are are what truly helps the consumer. Big. They would. They these two companies together would employ seven hundred thousand people, have forty thousand private label brands, and uh, I mean we're talking Safeway, Ralphs, Smiths, Harris Teeter, Dillon's. Fred Meyer, Vons, Kings, Hagen, Tom Thumb, mm. Star Market, Jewel Osco, Shaw's, obviously Kroger, Albertsons. Crazy. So I guess, I, I, and I never realized, to put it in perspective, like Walmart is the the elephant. They, they have nearly 21% yeah. of total grocery sales, and Kroger is second at like 10%. Albertsons is fourth. So some of the stuff I've read, yeah, you're right. Competing with Walmart immediately and probably competing with Amazon and their online capabilities down the road. Huh. It it's But it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like let's let's let these guys get super big and then oh whoops, we we missed the boat there. Let's let further consolidation happen. Yeah. Because it's too late to do anything about it, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, uh, Randy, I worry about our, our friend Nate Carr. Cars is, is wrapped up in Really? This. Yeah, I believe they're owned by uh, Albertsons. Oh, my gosh. That's not good. It's not good. So, you know, and then who knows? I mean, they're, you know, the, the, then they're going to spin up all of our data. Of course. All sorts of content. Co custom content. Well, maybe if the content's good, maybe if the <laughs> custom content's good, maybe we do want this to go through. Maybe I'll be, you know... What binging shows from the Kroger app in the future? Who knows? What a what I saw a mess. something too about like a I don't know the Uber. I think Uber Eats is getting ready to start doing advertising within the app on Uber Eats. Um, in room dining, you know, apps and like menus are gonna have all sorts of stuff. Like, can you imagine going back to a a hotel after a hard day's work on a business trip? Going back to Hilton Garden Inn or something like that, or a courtyard, pulling up your your screen, ordering in room dining, and being served an oh. ad before you can get to your in room oh. dining menu. Like why? Why do Awful. we want to live in a hellscape like that? Why do we allow ourselves to live like that? TC, we don't have to monetize no. everything. You know, I know. Makes uh, me angry, Randy. I've got another thing that's going on here with uh, our guy Nate Carr. We're gonna have to check in with him. The Alaskan snow crabs have vanished. <laughs> This is this is very troubling. I, TC, I'm not sure anybody likes crabs more than you. So I know this yeah. hits you particularly hard. What I'm more of a dungeness or a, I'm more of a dungeness or blue crab guy, but the snow crabs, I'll eat those yeah. too, you know. What's uh is is this talk to me about the long-term ramifications of this? Um I well they they've shut the season down. You know, made the tough decision to shut the season down. I guess the stocks are just way 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 off uh, i think this is the third el nino or la nina year in a row which you know is going to cause a bunch of other problems warming you know sea areas up there uh, but they've basically said hey you you know 
we're not going to allow any any crab fishing this year. So that's that's the uh, you know deadliest catch is canceled. Randy. That's incredible. I'm just reading the uh, between 2019. This is according to a Gizmodo article. Between 2019 and 2021, snow crab numbers in the Bering Sea fell by about 90 percent. 2022 counts have dropped even further. This is this is the largest decline. I'm quoting uh, somebody, Miranda Westfall, a Department of Fish and Game biologist, saying this is the largest decline we've ever seen in the snow crab population, which was very Whoa. startling. Hmm. No, because it's just obviously I, I, this is happening for much bigger other reasons, and that's that's not fun to I feel think like about. Crustaceans are kind of the canary in the yes, coal mine I know. Too, it's not good with at their all. Protective shells and stuff like that. So, uh, Randy, your girl Liz Truss no. is out. <laughs> you flipped that on me, TC. <laughs> that's your girl. That's your girl. She's out. They had this like thing going where they had like a webcam set up on a head of lettuce, and it was just like, wh- who's gonna last longer, Liz Truss as prime minister or like this head of lettuce before it, you know, uh, rots and falls apart? And the lettuce won. The, the lettuce pulled out. So mm. yeah, so we're. Uh, but I think the chapter all. We're very sorry to see Liz Truss out as prime minister i thought boris i saw some rumors that boris was going to get back involved but i guess this 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 really rich is it rishi is his name tc who could say rishi sunak Um, maybe is the new prime minister interesting because he's got uh indian heritage which obviously the the india great britain relationship has been fraught with many things over the years so that I think his wife is completely loaded. <laughs> She's like a software heiress. Well, yeah, I don't know anything about him, but we'd we'd be remiss not to, um, you know, not not to pay a little tribute to the Liz Truss era in Great Britain. Big biggest news of the week, in my opinion, or of the last few weeks of the month. Hit really. me. Akon admitted to using his brothers as body doubles when he overbooked. Can you explain uh, like you are completely vindicated on this news. Can you explain what like your history with Akon and now I guess his brothers? Yeah. So we, this was discussed in an earlier episode of the trap draw when I kind of went into my, was it trap draw or Nespot? I think it was probably Nespot. Okay. Nespot. I went into some of my, you know, hospitality stories of outrageous celebrity stuff with, you know, seal dripping, Various types of maple syrup down his throat and, you know, Jeezy. And, Mariah. Yeah, Mariah Carey and Robert De Niro and all sorts of stuff. But anyway, Akon was a, a, not frequent, but, you know, regular visitor, you know, once or twice a year. And uh, it, it came to a head um, where Akon wasn't even there. Or like he was, he was out and about, but his brother was just, carrying on in uh our restaurant which is fine like you know but our restaurant manager who you know i was like a front desk supervisor at the time but i'm the manager on duty right so you know hey i want to talk to the gm oh here's tc who's making twenty dollars an hour at the front desk like he comes over and they're like no i want to talk to the gm well i am the sir i I are the manager (laughs) it's so dumb but anyway um, 
you know, you know, and like, oh, I'm empowered to fix all the, you know, to to go above and beyond and and fix the situation. So, Brian Willoughby, who's you know probably pulling down six figures at that point, he uh, he he's like the the outlets manager, and um, you know, it's a nice restaurant, and um, he comes over to the front desk and he's like, hey, like I got this group of guys, they they will not stop bringing in their own alcohol, um, uh, their own like Cristal to, uh. You know the lounge and i'm like you know i'm like well can you fucking handle it like it's this is your this is your outlet like you're the manager and he's like yeah i tried like they they keep asking for the gm and for security and i'm like i'm gonna kick you guys out and i was like all right so so let me get this straight you want me to come over and tell them that they can't do this he's like yeah so i go over and um you know i tell you know i'm like hey sir you know uh sir like you know happy to have you here uh, we, we've set aside this private room for you and do all this. Like the only, like, like it's, you cannot bring in your own <laughs> you just, you alcohol just to this establishment because like, like, you can go up to your room and do it, but like, this is like, we have a liquor license here. And like, if the, you know, if the commission were to come in, like we would lose our liquor license, like on the spot. Um, you know, it's a heavily <laughs> regulated thing here. And, um, so like the, the main dude, like won't talk to me. Dude comes over and he's like, man, do you know who that is, man? You have no idea who you're fucking with here, man. You have you have no idea. You have no idea who that is, man. That's Akon's brother, man. And just kept saying like over and over again, that's Akon's brother. You have no idea what tree you're barking up here. And I'm like, I don't, sir, I don't care if it's Akon himself. Uh, you can't bring your own shit into, yeah. the, into the restaurant here. So uh, anyway, keeps, you know, keeps going back and forth and all that and everything. But um yeah, I think I ended up just like buying them, you know, some champagne. And I was just like, just drink this. Like, I will buy this for you. You're spending plenty of money on food. Just here. Like, this is a massive, massive liability yeah. for us. So anyway. But yeah, now knowing how important Akon's brothers were, unbeknownst to me. That is know? Akon's brother. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, so I guess he was overbooking shows and he would just send his brothers Correct. to, you know, act on his behalf or perform on his behalf. Oh, which is the best the best yo you know who that is that's akon's brother man <laughs> uh, so that is that's randy beautiful a lot of things going on um uh, you know last kind of top stories here a lot of things going on in uh the world of like rewards yeah. programs dunkin donuts is pissing off a bunch of their loyalists um i guess they're they're kind of cheapening you know be downgrading some of the uh the uh, rewards that have been earned there. Uh, on the flip side, Delta and Starbucks are now getting into bed with one another, God, my, which is my huge old news man. for the franchise uh, our, and for our, your old man, Our, our fathers yeah. were so happy to hear this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Delta has, you know, I think I applaud Delta. They're changing their, their elite thresholds for, you know, earning for 2024. Diamond moves up 5K from 15K to 20K. Platinum from 9K to 12K. Gold from six k to eight k, and then silver. There's no change because silver doesn't matter. Um, it's it's crazy. Like that's that's a that's a substantial increase. Yeah. Uh, well, as a platinum, as a delta platinum guy, I I I think I'm okay. I was trying to kind of look through this, but I I think I'm gonna be good. I I don't have a shot in hell at diamond anyway. So that spend yeah. i don't think really affects me i just got to make sure i keep that platinum level with with delta and you know what tc 
I am so close to platinum on United too. I have that's I'm gonna, I, I have the yeah. flights all done. I just need the uh, whatever the other metric is. The I don't know if it's the PQPs. Yeah, the PQPs. I'm getting boned. They don't, they're not giving me any PQPs. Huh. Just can, just can't get in the PQPs. Conditions are tough. I know. Yeah, I uh, I I don't know what I'm going to do next year. You know, I've got the I got good stat. I got the top status on United, and then I got the you know, like, do I commit to Delta and try to try to really ramp it up, or do I milk my my stuff with with United and then yeah, you because know, I wasted my status match for next year. Maybe I should have held on to that mm. for another year. But I was worried that they weren't going to do status matches moving forward because they have too many. Yeah, that's anyway. a conundrum. I know. I it just depends on your itinerary. I think I've been taking the bus a lot from. Uh, Jacks to Atlanta at seven fifty. And that's what I mean. You know, that's what it comes I down know. to. It's so hard to get upgraded on those buses, though. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not even worried about the upgrade on that bus. I'm just, you know, I don't know. Bottom line, less elites is a good. We thing. need le- because it's in the name. If if everybody's elite, then nobody's elite. The the word loses all its exactly. meaning. Totally agree, big. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm on so. a I'm on a United heater right now. I flew it New Orleans there and back. I jumped over to Santa Barbara, there and back on United. I'm flying United down to the NI. Forgot you went to Santa Barbara. Uh, Santa Barbara is the best. Uh, I went over there. <laughs> Mr. Poosh had a free weekend or a relatively free weekend. Uh, I was like, you know what? It's a pretty cheap flight, two-hour direct. I was like, why don't I just fly over? We played three rounds of golf. Mr. Poosh cannot beat me. Uh, unfortunately, we have wow. have two of the matches. We played the first day at Sandpiper. The pipe. We uh, we we have that match. We played the Valley Club, which is TC. It's it's it might be my favorite. It's such a awesome golf course. Beat Poosh's ass four and three, and then we went to Soul Park, and I three putted eighteen to give him a half oh. at Soul Park. But I do want the folks to know, Mister Poosh. He did clip me in our first match a couple of years ago. It has not beaten me since in about six or seven rounds. So tough times, tough times for Mr. P. It sounded like you were you were taking some literature about Shanny too. We we can cover this next week, but I, you know I'm sure you had to take some Fields uh, propaganda with the uh, yeah. I had to sit through a well. Fields presentation. Uh, but the <laughs> McCaffrey news broke while I was with Mr. P. He, I mean, I've never seen. It was like. He saw a ghost. He said multiple times, he's like, I, I don't even know what to think about. I, I, it was like he couldn't process it. He spent a lot of time at night digesting podcasts and YouTube videos and whatnot. And, uh, the All-22. Yeah. He, he was probably texting with Parag, yeah. the, uh, the salary Parag. cap guru. I think he was, minors. you know, he had to get Staley's <laughs> thoughts. Um, but he was explaining the concept of like their personnel now where you can send McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, uh, check, you know, those guys all go out and the defense would traditionally yeah. think of it as a, uh, maybe a 21 group, you know, kind of a two tight ends or a fullback and, you know, a pretty standard group. And what Pusha was saying, well, Debo can become your running back. McCaffrey can become a slot receiver. Use check can go out wide and run routes. Kittle obviously can do a lot of stuff. 
and it and it is a very provocative concept, kind of this positionless football where guys can yeah. do different stuff. So that you know, as somebody that appreciates positionless basketball and and guys being able to do different things, it it is interesting. So you know, we'll we'll see how it progresses in San Francisco. Yeah, I think uh, listen. I appreciate you keeping an open mind. We can talk about it a little sure. bit more next week. I have some sure. thoughts. You know, so should we do our our uh, our uh, yes read? yes thank you uh, Precision Pro Golf TC. The trap draw is brought to you by our friends at Precision Pro Golf, a proud partner of No Laying Up. Guessing your yardage isn't necessary anymore, and breaking the bank isn't either. At PrecisionProGolf.com, you can get reliable rangefinders or GPS speakers at an affordable price. The award-winning NX10 Slope Rangefinder offers golfers everything they will need in a rangefinder. We all have the NX10 on our bags, and it has been a game-changer. Locking onto the target, getting a slope-adjusted distance is lightning quick. The magnetic cart mount and slope switch make using the NXT as easy as pie. And TC, I think we're both huge fans of this. What really stands out about the NX10 is the customization. At PrecisionProGolf.com, you can select from an ever-growing selection of interchangeable designs to attach to your rangefinder, like the City State Series or we have uh, our very own No Laying Up skins. I, one of my favorites they made for me is a Shrink the Game skin. Uh, I'm trying to think, what were your custom ones that you took to Sweden? Uh, I had an Uncle That's, Juice Of course, one, of course. Uh, with, a, with a white Bronco on it. Um, I'm trying to think. what else. I had a couple to match certain yeah. outfits, certain you know calling cards I have there. So uh, I, I just... It, it, the uh, NX10 locks on it does. so quickly. It's it's just you know it is magical. it is. Uh, one other skin that I think we should highlight is they have a youth on course design. Youth on course breaks down barriers for kids by providing rounds of golf for as little as five dollars, and so you can support that mission by adding the youth on course skin to your cart when purchasing a Precision Pro NX10 rangefinder. Precision Pro will then donate $10 to provide kids an opportunity to learn lessons that can be taught in a way only a golf course can. I think, although I would, I'm concerned about too many people golfing, I will say Youth on Course is a wonderful organization. We do a lot of work with them as well. So yeah, listeners, head to precisionprogolf.com to find the right product for you or find out more on how they are working with Youth on Course to help give kids a chance to get on the course and learn the game Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right. Um, <laughs> TC, this is this is really the meat and potatoes right here. So <laughs> much monitoring. Um, God. And we're and we're not gonna go deep no. on all of it. Yeah, you know, some of it's simply just, hey, this is this is for clerical purposes. Just know that we're monitoring yeah. this. Um let's start not on a good note. Bad, bad stuff going on in and around Ethiopia, it sounds like. Yeah, I picked up the New Yorker before the flight to Korea, read uh, read through that. John Lee Anderson had a really well-reported feature about the, the current president or prime minister of, of uh, Ethiopia and just how things are devolving there. Uh, and then a couple other publications had kind of similar pieces lately. It's, uh, it's yeah. pretty fucked up. And... Uh, Probably not going to get any better. No, this feels like we're, we'll have to talk to Cody at some point in the future. 
get his thoughts on on Ethiopia. Um, and there's not really like a good guy or a bad guy. It seems like a lot of it's just like everybody's kind of in the wrong. Yeah. So, um, you know, but easy to sit here from of know, course our abodes and and shit on you know East Africa is, but it's like I don't know. I feel like the disappointing part is like Ethiopia is a pretty pretty like remarkably rich history and tradition and culture mm-hmm. and i don't know like i actually worked with a lot of ethiopians in, in the hospitality business and like some of my favorite well and i remember uh it was tourist sauce michigan in detroit eating at the ethiopian restaurant the first time i had had their food and was so blown away by the food culture there it was fantastic so much fun i think big i don't think <laughs> okay that was well check that uh, I, I did not have Ethiopian food. <laughs> okay, so I still haven't had Ethiopian food, so I can't. Ethiopian food is good, good too, things though. about there's it. A, though. There's Am a couple I making that up. I, I've heard. No, it's it's kind of polarizing because like you sit on the floor you, you, and you eat with your hands. Some people don't like the texture. Like Cody doesn't like the texture. We had a long conversation about this uh, actually on the way to Korea. But but there's some very uh, I don't know. It's it's very grain based. A lot of uh, you know lentils and beans and and um but yeah it's like you know you kind of have this this bread that doesn't have a whole lot of mm-hmm. yeast in it and you use that to kind of scoop up yeah. everything else but uh but yeah and then actually in that same article or in that same one i read a, a really good feature about this uh this dj in um his name's solomon and he's like he runs the clubs in uh ibiza he's like the main dj there just <laughs> runs shit he's like this bosnian croat uh german dude massive he's like six seven six sweet play for like 28 hours straight uh i would highly recommend Uh, well perfect perfect um tc maybe maybe the (laughs) toughest thing that we're monitoring it's just (laughs) god this you were you were fucking incensed when you saw this so san francisco and in a story that could only be in San Francisco right now, uh, this is out of the San Francisco Chronicle. San Francisco is going to be home to a upscale dog restaurant. Um, yeah, it, it's just like, I don't even know how, how to say this with a straight face. So the, the feature is going to be a $75 tasting menu for dogs in fucking San Francisco where not that San Francisco's the, the alone with their they homeless used. problem, but like we have massive problems feeding people, people in this country. And for San Francisco to have a market where people are going to go take their dogs to upscale meals, it, it just, it, it just makes me, I don't know. It's like, I don't even want to like get out of bed in the morning hearing that. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And the picture that they used for the, you know, the feature was was just like these two dogs sitting there with at a table. Oh, God, uh, it, just yeah. I'll, pretty, I'll say this: I, I, at shit. a risk of pissing off some listeners, if you're the type of person that would take your dog to a restaurant, a dog restaurant with a seventy-five dollar tasting menu, you, you and I aren't friends. We're not. I, we're we're not the same person, and I I'm not sure I've. I, I really want to like be down with what you're putting out. It's like I don't even take I don't want to take my kids to a, <laughs> exactly. a restaurant, a normal restaurant, exactly. which is a tasting menu restaurant. Yeah. What, what a, a waste. waste! What a waste! Crazy, is right? 
Randy, I do want to say we did get a dog. That's right. That's a big, that's a big story. Yeah. Yeah. We picked up the dog. Uh, so we had two mini Aussies. One of them passed a couple years ago. We still have rugby. Um, he's like a black try mini Aussie. Uh, we love him. He's like 13 though. So we're like, all right, let's get ahead of this. We've been looking for a while. So we got a, a full sized Aussie and, uh, we picked him up the day I left for Korea. So we picked him up. I came home, played with him for three hours, and then I left for like eight days, uh, which was weird, but also, you know, I think probably good for my sanity and sleep yeah. and everything. Um, so my wife got rid of the hamster. She gave the hamster to some unsuspecting family that she overheard at Home Goods talking about wanting to get a hamster. And she's like, oh, I have, I have a hamster and you can have the cage and everything with <laughs> Please it. Please take it. Uh, and then, so, yeah, so Frey started crying. He was so overjoyed. He's wanted a, you know, a puppy for a while. So uh, it's kind of breathed new life into rugby as well, which is, which is great. Um, so we're calling him, Freddie wanted to name him Pepper or Peppers um, after his favorite restaurant is of course. Chili's. Of course. Uh, of course. So, so he wanted to name him Peppers. So, uh, so we're calling him Peppers. I'm calling him P or Julius. Julius, uh, Julius is Peppers. a great dog name. Uh, great dog name. Right? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to yes. make that one stick. So, uh, but yeah, he's great. He's, you know, he's teething a little bit right now. He's biting all sorts of shit, but uh, he's funny. He's a, he's a that, good guy. Oh, You'll meet him next week. <laughs> I can't wait. You hate can't dogs. wait. <laughs> uh, TC, this one, uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time here. We're, there's some concern that the Dutch... National Museum called Rijks Museum. I'm sure I mispronounced that. The Rijks Museum, Museum is it might it might be sinking. TC apparently there's a a fungi that's rotting the wooden poles, and people are concerned it's sinking. The museum, however, has strongly denied that it is sinking. So I guess this wow. would be truly a, a a time will tell situation. It's a it's a true pole assassin. Uh, that's situation. what it. That's what we have on our hands. An, an attempted <laughs> pole assassination. Correct. Uh, Randy, have you ever been to a restoration I, hardware? No, no. Okay. So it's kind of this is kind of along the lines of the doggy restaurant in San Francisco. Uh, they actually just opened one here in Jacksonville. Uh, restoration hardware, the you know overpriced uh, uh, furniture store, um, has kind of morphed into a um a restaurant outlet of sorts uh where they have these you know upscale very overpriced um it would be like if you you know it's like a mix between like the cheesecake factory and like capital grill but in like a restaurant or in like a furniture show wow just outrageous but the the uh new york times had a had a good uh good write up on it i thought it was interesting i just wanted to get that on well, your i appreciate that it sounds like um west palm beach florida i see is one destination and also columbus ohio is another one yes uh, I, I bet it's at easton i would think or right? the short north but yeah definitely definitely one of those two big one in atlanta they built a huge one down at the streets of buckhead um so yeah we're just just monitoring it i've eaten there you know, it's probably twice as expensive as it should, but uh, you're in this grand space with a massive chandelier. Now, does this feel this? Just, this to me, this kind of feels like the Capital One cafes where they similar concept, big similar okay, concept. Yeah. Which I just feel like these are these are questions to answer, <laughs> or these are answers to questions that absolutely nobody is asking. 
Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll keep we'll keep our eye on that. There was a big big Medicare fraud scheme. <laughs> a tale as old as time. Monitor. Tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like if you haven't defrauded uh, Medicare by this point, like what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Uh speaking of, you know, mass mass fraud and and graft and corruption, uh the California's uh high speed train uh is is very expensive and uh and very uh off the rails, so to speak. <laughs> Um, they, they basically went into, you know, and how Silicon Valley is partially at fault, mm. how there's this LA city councilman that's, that, you know, made all these backroom deals to, to, you know, get some sort of, uh, investment in his thing. So he, he voted for, you know, this, this route that they're taking up the central Valley that through Fresno and all these other places that like, you know, are just making it cost like four times as much as it should. Uh, instead of just like, can we just link San Diego, LA and San Francisco? Does it right. have to be that? And hard? that's what goes back to like the, the soul, the, the, it was like, why, why can't we just have like really good infrastructure in this country? It's incredible. And that's, I think, I think that probably brings us to our next bullet point. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, so the, oh God, who, where did I read this? Let me see. Oh, the <laughs> Wall Street Journal recently did a survey of I think like fifty thousand. Is that right? That seems like a lot of people. Um, they reviewed across fifty federal agencies, so twenty five hundred, more than twenty five hundred employees. It's a yeah. large sample size, and uh, they found that reviewing more than thirty one thousand financial disclosure forms for about twelve thousand senior career employees, political staff, and presidential appointees, uh, they found that like one in five make decisions that immediately affect their financial position. So essentially they it, it's insider trading. I mean they they can they can trade and sell stock and the decisions that they're making day to day in their jobs uh, have a direct effect on whether those stocks go up and down. It's just it's it's, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous and it has to be the most no-brainer bipartisan issue that I could possibly imagine. And I I know some members of Congress are, are working towards like outlawing, you know, stock trading when you're a member of, of Congress. But it, it, just that we allow these people within our government to casually insider trade. Uh, and, and of course, these decisions then are... are corrupted by their by their financial holdings it's it's just it's so asinine to me tc well there's also like other stats in there that it's like even if it's not a direct you know direct decision making or direct like there's there's other effects as well like more you know more passive or tertiary but like there are so many people in these you know executive agencies are involved in, or inve heavily invested in areas that their agency directly yeah, oversees it's it's crazy it's crazy and of course the the only people that can fix this problem are the people <laughs> who are benefiting from it so i don't know i don't look for it to change anytime soon your girl nancy randy <laughs> the nancy uh the nancy trade <laughs> tracker on twitter is like the, best, the best account yeah yeah i mean honestly just just follow her trades you'll you'll make money um Speaking of things that that piss me off, I was reading in 
ProPublica. There's, I, and I haven't really digested all of this, but uh, there's a, a company, a Texas-based Real Pages Yield Star software is helping landlords set prices for apartments across the U.S. They they've essentially turned like rent pricing into an algorithm, and it's it's come over from some other industry. I come over from hotels, or I mean, there's all sorts. Of, like it's all this stuff just coalescing, and you just feed it into AI, and it fixes the variables and and all that. I mean, it was crazy. Like when I was leaving Marriott, they the amount of algorithm stuff that was going on where like with revenue management, now this was pre-pandemic and I'm sure the, the pandemic threw a wrench into stuff because it messed with the year. So like, or like the cycles mm-hmm. so much to where you didn't have, like your historical data was all thrown off, but like it got to the point where we didn't even have to do any work. We just had to oversee the algorithm and make sure the inputs were correct. Yeah, it's crazy. They, they quote the, Courtney Ballas, Director of Revenue Management at JVM Realty. The beauty of Yieldstar is that it pushes you to go places that you wouldn't have gone if you weren't using it. So essentially like, oh my God, we can actually ask for that much for rent. Uh, apparently seems to be the name yeah. of the game. So that's cool. That's that's really cool. Uh, they found one neighborhood in Seattle, 70% of apartments were overseen by just 10 property managers and every single one of them was using the pricing software. So it's just like if everybody's on it. It's, that sounds an awful lot like uh, collusion yes. and uh, yeah. so yeah. anyway, we can we can monitor that. Rent prices are out of control. Uh, let's see. Oh, this dear, this is this is down closer to UTC, and really, this we might need to bring Solly on to to talk about this situation. It's exactly, bride. the, the Ben Sass UF presidency situation. What do we know that's going on here? Big, uh, you know, Spencer Hall, uh, noted Florida alum's been been tracking this as well. Um, people are not happy with Ben Sass's uh, political positions. He's, I guess, the incoming president at Florida. There's been massive protests. They outlawed protests indoors yesterday or two days ago at Florida, which I'm sure is going <laughs> to quell the problem. So we're tracking this. We'll get more from Nate Monroe or, you know, I think... Daddy D sounds might like get Daddy involved. D is it's uh, already involved uh, from the sounds <laughs> of it, but uh, yeah, we might need Nate, so, Nate Monroe's take on all of this. I, I think I think Ben Sass um, was like the only candidate. Like they didn't really have any other candidates. Yeah, it was like a shadow search, and yeah, just very strange. Like, is he's he's still yeah, a, he's senator a senator too, from right? Nebraska? Yeah, very strange resume he has as well. I was kind of digging in on it. Um. Anyway, we got a lot of shit going on in space. I think we can we can probably holster sure. all that. I don't think space. We're gonna is be going studying anywhere. aliens. Um, black holes might be doing some weird stuff. Yeah, we gotta get uh, Astro Dudes okay. back on for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, the great. This was a wild story. This guy Arthur Cofield, he was a the uh, inmate in a, uh, Georgia's maximum security prison. Um. He was impersonating billionaires to essentially, uh, you know, grift money off of people. He he grifted money off of this kind of billionaire movie mogul, like eleven million dollars, and uh, you know, gold coins, a private jet, duffel bag stuffed with cash, Buckhead Mansion, all this stuff, and he did it all from like the maximum security prison in Georgia. It was crazy. I guess this guy, 
Sydney Kimmel, California billionaire, CEO of Sydney Kimmel Entertainment, LA-based company, Hell or High Water, Crazy Rich Asians, Moneyball, movies like that. Um, <laughs> Kimmel arranged for $11 million to be wired to a company in Idaho for the purchase of 6,106 American Eagle one-ounce gold coins and then uh, had a private plane transport the coins to Atlanta where they were used to buy a $4.4 million house. Uh, just a just an insane story. So what a what a uh, grift! What an operation the guy was was pulling. Yeah, it was in uh, the um, Atlanta Journal Constitution had the story. I would I would highly encourage people to to uh, seek that one out. So, uh, Randy, in more local news, uh, your yes. boy Shad Khan, of course, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and um, you know made all his money um, in the bumper business. He bought our local uh, lemon bar uh, here in Neptune Beach. It's kind of one of the only uh, oceanfront bars, and the Seahorse Motel. I don't know what he, I don't know what it is. Kind of this rundown, like beachy. <laughs> it's like a no motel. motel. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he's gonna. T- yeah, I'm sure he, it's been there forever. Uh, I'm sure he's gonna turn it into, you know, some sort of wildly uh, yes, overpriced of of bespoke course. operation and and you know gut uh lemon bar there was all sorts of stuff about you know there were, there were quotes of him saying that he bought it because he liked the vibe uh he likes the vibe of neptune beach and atlantic beach there was a trevor lawrence quote in there so uh all i'll say is just don't fuck with lemon bar shad okay you can do whatever you want to the hotel but don't, yeah, don't lemon, bar's lemon bar is an institution with uh pete institution i'd say if anybody's looking for like a little bespoke place to stay in neptune beach they should check out the palms uh, hotel, palms hotel palms is fantastic yeah. so uh tc some some crazy stuff from twitter uh you know of course as as elon uh i guess is buying twitter i don't who knows where that is uh but this this comes from reuters got their hands on some interesting internal research Essentially, saying they they classify heavy tweeters. <laughs> Actually, TC, you and I are probably heavy <laughs> tweeters. Uh, yeah, we're, Heavy we're heavyweights. I guess it's people that log on, you know, six or seven days a week and tweet three to four times a week. They account for uh, less than ten percent of monthly overall users, but generate ninety percent of all tweets and half of global revenue. Mm. Now, where this gets really interesting is these uh, these heavy tweeters. They they they're find the research is finding a shift in interest over the past two years among Twitter's most active English speaking users, and what what the two areas that are becoming like are essentially growing so much quicker than any other area is cryptocurrency. And just like not safe for work content. So essentially like nudity and pornography. So this is a very interesting uh, shift, I guess, as that's what people on Twitter want. And that's like not what advertisers want to be linked with. So, um, Mm. yeah. Yeah, Randy, you got to clean up your act. Exactly. So I'm going to start tweeting less about crypto and like just porn um and i hope others will as well randy keep your only fans <laughs> yes, off my yes. feet okay? i will try i will try i will try um let's see we don't have 
What about yeah. China? What Randy? about China? What about China? I read this fascinating. I, and I don't even know if this is true. Like some of the stuff I read, I don't even know if it's true. Uh, but it was fascinating. I guess the something with the Biden administration, they changed the rules around U.S. persons. Oh yeah, and it just is wreaking havoc on the China's uh, microchip industry where a lot of U.S. citizens yeah. essentially were forced to quit their jobs overnight or else they risked losing their American citizenship, which has just gutted the Chinese microchip industry or seemingly will. I, and that's about, that's well, about yeah, all and I get. Importing yeah. microchips and all sorts of stuff there. Uh, yeah, that kind of cut them off at the knees. Um, the uh, Stratechery uh, okay. guy's been all over this. Um very interesting. And then uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, your boy uh, Hu Jintao getting uh, escorted yes, out I of did. the you know Chinese Communist yeah. Party uh, you know meetings. They're like every once well, in five saw, year meetings. I, I haven't very, digested, uh, but I guess Merrick Garland and the federal governments bringing charges yeah. against a couple spies for China. It seems like stuff's percolating with with China right now, which. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this was an interesting one. This James Gordon Meek, the, uh, it's what, ABC, right? ABC yeah, yeah. reporter? He, uh, among, um, among other things. But yeah, mo most recently of ABC News. So this was a Rolling Stone. It's a, it's a long article. Just came out a couple days ago. I would encourage people. It's just, it's just a very odd story. Emmy-winning Emmy producer James Gordon Meek had his home raided by the FBI. His colleagues say they haven't seen him since. That is the the sub headline there. Sounds like he was deep into some he was, shit. He was doing all sorts of, yeah, he was, you know, doing a book about U.S. withdrawal in Afghanistan and, but yeah, kind of a I don't know, very interesting stuff going on there. So we'll we'll be we'll be monitoring that one. I think the something that's really interesting on like the sixty minutes and all the news stuff is like yep. the producers. They get no, no notoriety, no nobody knows who they are really outside of the business. But they're the ones like finding these stories, producing these stories, and all that. And then you get the Scott Pellys of the world that are that are just like, you know, uh, the face guy for this stuff. And you know, they're 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 the ones that everybody knows when the people that are digging up these stories and you know, <laughs> muckraking or are. are Totally TZ, I couldn't have asked for a better segue to my next bullet point. I teed you up, Laura baby. Logan is just, we've lost her. We've, we've absolutely lost her. She got pulled from Newsmax TC, which is, it's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's an impressive accomplishment and just sheer batshit craziness if, if you get pulled from Newsmax. But I, I think she's full in, full on QAnon, which is wild because I remember watching her on 60 Minutes. And I know she had that horrible experience in Egypt, I think it was. And yeah, just sadly, like, it seems like she has completely not been the same since. Yeah, it's bad. Um, I got some just very quick hitters that we will follow up on them in uh, future weeks. Um, there's a serial tree mm, killer in Oregon. That. That's a pretty wild story. Uh, very, very yes. low water levels on the Mississippi that we're monitoring. Um, it could be force majeure season. That, as far doesn't as that seem like a really important story that not I like it's not making national news quite yet. It sounds like like I guess the the 
precipitation forecast came out for the year, and uh, it sounds like uh, the Mississippi River Valley plus the uh, plus Texas specifically huh. are completely fucked. So uh, third third uh, La Nina, or El, I think I think it's La Nina. Third La Nina in a row, which is like extremely. Are you team rare. La Nina or El so, Nino? I think I'm team El Nino. I always liked La Nina, but. <laughs> could be a house divided situation. Sorry. What else you got for me, yeah. TC? Uh, Peter Luger lost its Michelin star. Probably, you know, probably long overdue there. Um, Casey was alerting us to an oversupply of avocados. And apparently, in the it was a free area. crack giveaway of avocados. Uh, they had too many. They said, "Come take them." We we don't know what to do with them. Randy, I bought an avocado uh, tree for my backyard. Now, the one thing about having tree, like I got a lime tree, a lemon tree, avocado tree, a fig tree. The only thing with these trees is, is you, like you gotta when the shit is, comes on, you gotta like you gotta harvest. You gotta be ready eat to eat it. Them. Yeah, like for like two weeks, I'm eating guacamole. You know, for for you know end of the season for the limes, I gotta make a bunch of margaritas. You know, it's like you gotta be ready to yeah. f- flip the switch. So when do when do the um, figs? When do the figs of, flower? When do you get those? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, the bunch of figs in uh, Korea. Hmm. Just you know, I sure. like figs. Figs they are under, keep you regular. I, I think I think figs okay. are a fall thing. Uh, I'm monitoring this French stretchy <laughs> cheese. <laughs> you were all over this. <laughs> that, that cheese was so stretchy. How many meters? Crazy. They, like multiple meters um, or something. Yeah, it was like I don't know, 15 feet <laughs> of stretch. It's unbelievable. Crazy. Unbelievable. So and then uh, TikTok is monitoring something themselves. They're monitoring the physical location mm. of specific citizens. That broke uh, last week. Seems like TikTok. Uh, yeah, it seems like you know, TikTok. That's not ne- good. Nefarious. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> but but also like you know just boning up on all the Uber stuff. Like nothing matters. Yeah, like, that's Uber true. Was nothing fucking does. Doing that and like exactly nothing happened and like Apple didn't right. even sanction. Yeah. That that you know that is true. Nothing, nothing matters. matters. So I guess yeah. Why not? I think I think Cutter is going to try to get. I know we're not talking sports, but I, I think they want to get people to download some app that's going to track everything. <laughs> yeah, it's just whatever. <laughs> and it and it like it's basically like it's like a Trojan horse yeah. into your phone. Yeah. They can. Ugh. It's wild. Uh, TC, that's about all our monitoring list. We got through it. It's incredible. Yeah, we, we rocked them. I think we've got we've got plenty to plenty to discuss with NFL. Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. the association. God, your jazz are wrecking people um, right now. Yeah. It's weird, man. Uh, Los Suns beat the shit yeah, out of did. the Warriors they last did. night. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to take the plunge on League Pass uh, this year. Well, so. I should save it for next week, but I bought a partial, I bought two tickets, 10-game Nuggets uh, pack. Wow. Yeah, to the Ball, Ball Arena. Arena. So I'm excited about that. I saw, I saw something... Uh, there was a big feature. I don't know if it was on ESPN or the Athletic or or what, but big feature on um, was it De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, yeah. basically saying he's he's in a with, great headspace. I really like the yeah. Mike Brown hire, and I know they've lost their first three games. Tough schedule to start, but just reading some of the stuff, I think Mike Brown's gonna hold Fox accountable, push him, like really make him a more complete, well-rounded player. So good to hear that Fox. Is seemingly vibing with with Mike Brown as well. Now they just need to win some games. I need to get down to a uh, a, a Magic game. I, I try <laughs> to avoid Orlando at all costs, but sounds like 
Bancheros. That's what our buddy Matt Bartnick said. He's he's he looks great. Um, and they got a frisky young team. I think everybody likes uh, Mo Wagner. Yeah. Uh, of course, Jalen Suggs. That's yeah. That's that could really be an up up and coming squad there. Yeah. All right. That's um, enough sports talk. All right. We're saving the well, rest. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, next week's yeah. the NIT. Um, we'll be in Jacksonville. Gosh, I haven't even thought. Maybe we could record something in person together next week uh, at the Kill House. We'll have to we'll have to think about that. Yeah. But uh, should be another chop session, and then I know you and I are kind of plotting out some end of year episodes. We'll I'm sure we'll head in a million different directions. But good to have you back, TC. Always a pleasure, sir. Good to be back. I, I think we'll have a good cadence on these the next uh, you know probably through through Amen. Thanksgiving Amen. here. All right. Well. So. Uh, we'll see everybody next week and uh, adios. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke.